Or presents Bright Lights, Dean City. This is Gary Butterfield. This is Cole Ross. This is Gwen Static. And hey, it's Orb. Mm. Orbing around. It's Orb. I'm Rusty. Uh, the, uh, yeah. And we're, we're talking about one of our favorite episodes and, or one of my favorite episodes. Don't want to speak for Cole, but I can speak for Gwen, uh, our guest who, you know, as the composer of our absolutely slapping theme song. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, if I had had, uh, 20 more minutes to prepare, I would have plugged in this micro brood. I was just talking about Gary and tried to play <laughs> a riff from it. But oh well. Um, <laughs> Did, yeah. did we want to talk about why I picked this at this point? Or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, what, God. Uh... Season four was a hard pick, Gary. You, like, <laughs> I agonized over this one. Because, like, I love half the episodes in season four. And it's, like, a jam-packed season. Um, mm-hmm. Every Which Way But Zeus is a favorite. Mm-hmm. The thing about season four that I like is it's so dense with one-off ideas like, this is the season where they really start to embrace, let's just build a stupid universe around all of this. <laughs> and yeah, it, yeah. I don't think any episode greater emphasizes that. Zeus comes close, <laughs> but <laughs> no episode emphasizes it greater than Bright Light, Steen City. Zeus is weirdly backward looking because it pulls in just a lot of, uh, let's say, like, say, uh, uh, third stringers. Uh, from from from, from, yeah. from, from from the past yeah. this is casting kind of a wider net out uh, and they talk about it in the commentary it's like hey if we meet all these weirdos in the shitty desert towns where uh the where the ventures live you know imagine how many freaks in new york need company a lot of freaks like me <laughs> need company there i it's a this episode to me you know gwen i think you're right on in that it's like expanding the universe and it feels like a dry run for season six mm-hmm. absolutely uh, which i really love like i love the new york years of the, the venture brothers like i you know season four is my favorite season but this is kind of a preview of the problem of the week kind of rhythm they get into in season six that i find really compelling because i really like all these weird ideas and i like all the the pun names and you know the ticketude <laughs> that comes uh, <laughs> into the venture brothers is really fun to me yeah yeah I'm, it's it, a, it's it feels that. like the, the conclusion of a grand realization that they were having that they were growing bored with some of the toys that they had Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it, it's interesting too because when you read the, in the uh, art book, they talk about season five. It almost feels like saying goodbye to that. Like they talk about how they were like, let's just you know, let's do a Johnny Quest parody show that's just real fun mm-hmm. and full of adventures. And they get in kind of one last gasp of that. I don't think season five is super strong in in comparison, right? Like it's still great. Yeah. But the uh, you know you I can mean, see like, if you if you yeah. forced me to rank the seasons, five <laughs> is probably the second worst. Like it's not yeah. horrid by any means, because like even season one's not horrid. Mm-hmm. Oh, they they haven't made a bad season. I think I like five more than I like seven, but I think I'm an outlier and not being a big seven guy. Mm. Um, yeah, we'll, and we'll we'll get into all that in the future as well. <laughs> oh know? yeah, you're live. Yeah, uh, we're very happy to have you, Gwen. I'm very happy to be here as always. This is just a delight in my life. Yeah. listening mm-hmm. to it. The network in general, oh, thank you. general gratitudes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> Everything okay. to Guppy. Join the join the Slack, everyone. <laughs> join the cult. <laughs> yep. See, will neg my ban for weird reasons I can't. <laughs> other than Jerry. just the fact that I care about it. I, <laughs> in the grand tradition of subtweeting your other shows on other shows. Yes. Will <laughs> Will created. <laughs> an unlistenable mess with the wings commentary and he's mad that people aren't complimenting him on it. I, he's, I don't, it's, it's hard to tell where the kayfabe ends. With Will. <laughs> you know, he's like an evil Brayton. Brayton does that kind of thing, but it's always for good. Yes. Like Brayton will, Brayton will play a board game and he, like he plays deception games, but he doesn't play them by logical rules, <laughs> which makes it impossible to play against him. But he does it for like fun reasons. Will does that with a lot of his life, but he does it for evil reasons. <laughs> yeah, no, he's playing. He's playing it. He's conversations against the Slack. It's fun, everyone. Join the Slack. Anyway, yeah, he's, he's putting the whole system on trial at, at, with every given breath. <laughs> um, this episode, 
Uh, it was written not by Bill Hughes, but instead by Jackson Public, and it aired originally on October 10th, 2010. Yeah. Uh, this is the other half of the What I Did on My Summer Vacation story that began in uh, Everybody Comes to Hank's. Uh, I knew that these were, so we said last time that these were originally part of an episode. Uh, in the commentary for this, they also say that uh, this was also part of Pomp and Circuitry, and the prom was going to be one scene. Like just kind of like just dispatching with all of this growing up in one in one episode, which is like that's almost too much for a movie, guys. They've learned a lot of pacing lessons in this year specifically. Yeah, yeah. And and the trick, the pacing trick they learned is to let some of this stuff breathe because that's the kind of humor that they do. You yeah. know, there's there's not a rush. Like the idea of having these things be very dense with plot mm-hmm. uh, is a little silly. Yeah, you know, we we don't really need that. But being dense with like incident and character and and humor is more important. Yeah. All right, cool. So I texted this to Gary when I was first thinking about this episode, and okay. he seemed perplexed. <laughs> is bright lights Dean City? The Luigi's Mansion to oh, yeah. what I did on my summer vacations, Mario Sunshine. <laughs> um, I like I, I like uh uh, uh, uh yes, oh, no answers only Cole. Wait 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 a minute. The, to, to to who's uh Sunshine? Uh, everybody comes. The to other Hanks? episode. Yeah, They're, yeah. They, like they are night and day, and um. I had some other English major bullshit I sent Gary, but uh, <laughs> um, so <laughs> the general it, idea is that they were they they both originated on the idea of being a one product and kind of coin flips of each other. Oh, in that sense, I can I can I can see what you're getting at. I I, I was leaning toward no because I like Everybody Comes to Hanks more than that I like Super the, Mario Sunshine. That is the caveat, I yeah. Gave it, Gary it, too. It, it, it's a real shame that Mario Sunshine is wretched. Yeah, that's like just wretched. That's the thing. I don't want to. I don't want to inadvertently say that I don't like. Everybody comes to Hanks. I, I I like this. I like this better than everybody comes to Hanks. But uh, uh, to 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 somebody who is unaware of 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 that uh, of, of the provenance of Luigi's Mansion, uh, that would sound like I was really dissing on the previous episode, which I don't want to do. Very fair. Yeah. Very yeah. fair. Diplomatic. Cowardly. <laughs> um, yeah, that's me. <laughs> Hi, have we met? <laughs> Imagine you're in Tell Dawn's like stat screen popping up with a picture of you just like shiftily looking back and forth, and it's just like diplomatic, cowardly. Ooh, all middle sliders, baby. <laughs> uh, we we talked about this in Everybody Comes to Hank, but this is the story of Dean going uh, being an intern at Impossible Industries. Um, and he does not know that Richard Impossible turned into a villain uh, right. during you know various uh, various epos. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's still hanging around. Yeah. The uh, so this is Impossible and Phantom Limb uh, building up a new team, the Revenge Society, and those those scenes are great. I like all those team tryout <laughs> shots; they're mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah, um, and uh, the thing that I love most is Rusty's imposition on his son's life. Uh, very horrible. good. Just, just the emotional violence of denying your son that first little bit of independence. Like, mm-hmm. oh, Dean desperately needs uh, to, to to get out from under his from under his dad's thumb, and then he's just steamrolled by him. One of the things that really gives season four a lot of legs is the fact that you get the season long story arc of Dean slowly being broken by everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause, cause we're getting, we're getting goth Dean. We're getting yeah. goth shut in team. Oh yeah. We're uh, a few episodes Dean away team. from the, from the breaking point of goth. Dean. Yeah. Like it doesn't happen <laughs> this season, but yeah. like the moment of, you know, the season ender, like that's, <laughs> that's goth Dean. That's the start. Yeah. Yeah, I love Gothian origins. <laughs> Rusty's <laughs> Rusty's half-assed over-parenting is far more dangerous than Rusty's half-assed under-parenting. Let's say, which yeah. is something. Holy <laughs> shit, Rusty! <Yeah. laughs> uh, Rusty, the, his motivation for being such a shitty parent during this is that he falls in love with musical theater through seeing the Music Man, <laughs> and uh, decides to live with him. Uh, I and writing a musical around his about his life, which ends up being my favorite musical moment in a show full of musical moments. I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is my favorite Doc Hammer composition i really want a full version of this song i think yeah. it's really catchy and i sing it all the time <laughs> uh, just walking around my house God, nobody has ever fallen in love with musical theater because of the fucking music man it's uh, <laughs> uh, just uh, just i heard i heard shibupi and the and the scales fell from my eyes 
Come on. Is, the Music Man is is that is that the one with uh right here in River City? Um, they, there will be trouble in River City, yeah. or something along those lines. So, so, some, something that like that. Movie? It's it's it, it, yeah. it's it's what Lyle Landley from The Simpsons is based off yeah. of. Yeah. Did you know that's about? I a was guy timing who... it to see how long it took for the monorail episode to come up, and it was about twenty <laughs> seconds. Did you see the serious time, folks? Did, did you know that the Music Man is about a guy who comes to a small town to warn them about the danger of billiards? <laughs> I'm not joking. Yeah. Like yeah. it's about how billiards billiards causes teen delinquency. Yeah. Yeah. I had an ex that was real into the music man. No, so no. I watched it, that shit. It, you, you don't want them to play to play billiards. You want to buy these fancy trombones. Yeah. Yeah. It's really <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, ooh, pool. Uh, uh, we also get our first uh you know explicit avenger yep uh, basically in the show in the brown widow uh i really liked uh doc or not doc jackson talking about how excited he was that he finally got to do a spider-man mm-hmm. after being able to do a green goblin yeah yeah i boy, boy i sure hope they get someone got fired for this one but so dean wears spider-man pjs <laughs> yep. and he can't grok what a spider-man is <laughs> that's what, real what? rough for me guys <laughs> While we're putting things on trial, I meant to mention this last episode. Cole, you and I uh, missed something. Did we? Yeah. In in uh, every which way but Zeus, they foreshadow General Traster getting cancer. Do they? Uh, uh, yeah, because he's like, I'm a fear to the kinksker. Huh. Uh, oh, hey, I never noticed that. That's a yeah. good catch. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, I meant to bring it up during the episode, and I just forgot. No, so. we missed it. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, Important context for Brown Widow casting that people may have forgotten. This Mm -hmm. would have been fresh off Nathan Fillion as uh, Captain Hammer in the Doctor Mm -mm. Horrible musical. So, like, he had nerd cred as a singer and a musical person. In the art book, Mm. they acted surprised that he could sing. Wild. I assumed that was always the point. Yeah, it, he just he like they were like the you know, there's a part where 21 talks about meeting the cast of Firefly, uh, and then Nathan Fillion tweeted them and was <laughs> oh, like, "I love you guys," and they're like, "Do you want to work for us?" Uh, and thus got him. Yeah, Cute. the the commentary about like his, nice going dude. to his house. Yeah, <laughs> going to the house and like, but play, playing the parlor yeah. game that resulted in one of them being electrocuted. <laughs> yeah, like the the. Gwen, if you haven't listened to the commentary, you got to listen to the commentary for multiple reasons. So it's a it's a worthwhile commentary, not because of insight into the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he went to Nathan Millen's house, which uh, Jackson's like he showed me a magic trick that was already in his pocket, and then we played a game where you got electric electroshocked if you didn't win. Mm-hmm. Oh, like I he's know that fucking game. Games. Ugh. <laughs> like, uh- it's what, what kind of, so what kind of game is this? Like, uh, okay, the, the, so like what you do is like it's it's kind of like a drinking game. So you, everyone gets four buzzers, or everyone gets a buzzer. Okay, and basically there's a timer that goes off, and whoever hits the button last gets the shock. Okay, so it's like a little reflex test. Uh, that yeah. sounds that sounds sadistic. Well, it's, it's more it's like chicken some it's variant like, it's, of that. Yeah, wow. it's not how fast you can do it. It's how close to the buzzer you can do it without being the last one. Gotcha, gotcha. So it's it's like two two cars coming. And then if you don't, you get, you get shocked. Right. And Nathan Fillion was just like, hey, stranger, would you like to see a magic trick? And then would you like to come to my shocking, my electroshock party table in the back? And I also believe the other part of the game is that you don't necessarily know the amount of time before the buzzer goes off. Right. It sounds like a quick yeah. draw kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Again, it's slow draw, Cole. You don't want to, like, you, you would get shocked in this game. You had to be the last person I, to do I, it, not I, first. I know, I know. Come on. It, it's not quick draw. It's slow draw, not reflex test. It's it's Yomi. It's it's anticipating yeah, the, yeah. The, the thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, they, they were worried that it was going to be like too straight of a uh, too straight of a superhero parody. But I think that it's inspired to do the uh, to, to, to do the uh, anatomically correct Spider-Man. The fact it that, wasn't that well worn of a joke, like it's an easy joke, but like it hadn't really been done a whole ton. Like mm-hmm. it's the kind of joke that kids make on the playground that no one had ever done a high budget version of. Yeah. I know that there's a man spider. Is 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 that is is this close to what that was? Are you talking about so. the the Frank Reynolds character? <laughs> From... <laughs> I might be talking about the Frank Reynolds character. Yeah, yeah there's no there's no, you're thinking you're a man bat. I, you know, but there's no, there's I, no man spider. No, there is there's a man spider. It was during the it looks like 
Oh yeah, it's. I think it might be from the Clone Saga. Gotcha. Oh, that garbage. That's okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's Kurt Connor related. I'm not oh, sure if it okay. actually was from comics or from the animated series. Anyway, not the point. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I, just, I can't claim to be a Spider-Man expert anymore, Cole. <laughs> That's fine. That's, um, the, uh, <laughs> the Brown Widow character was almost a Batman parody called Night Night, with spelled both ways, which they later uh, switched to, to Night Dick in yeah. season six and gave him a motorcycle that drives Night up. Night Dick's so much better. <laughs> Night Dick is, is extremely good. Yeah. Uh, everybody's working for the night dig. <laughs> uh we get a very fun uh villain recruiting montage. This this is kind of a nice uh uh let's say compliment to uh what is it, Fallen Arches, right? Uh where mm-hmm. we had something similar for the Order of the Triad. Uh part of this was an effort to get new characters into the pool of extras for background scenes. Uh one mm-hmm. thing that I'm I'm kind of bummed out in the art book, they've got Beastradamus, but they didn't give him a uh they didn't give him a focus scene. I want to know what Beast Stradamus would have predicted. Yeah, I don't think they could think of a well. joke. Like that's a funny name, but like what what does Beastradamus predict? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Terror. Uh, it was also our first appearance of Scare Bear, uh, who uh, was going to appear in more episodes. They talk in the commentary, but like I was going to do an episode about this guy. Uh, then later he does come back and is very yeah. important. And some, some parts of the fandom are obsessed with figuring out who this is, but it's probably just a crazy homeless man. That's yeah, probably it's, it's just a guy. Oh, unhomed yeah. person. Sorry. Yeah. That's what... It's Bum Rush from OSI, <laughs> Falling on Hard Times. Yeah. Um, Bum Rush. The, I love Bum Rush. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the commentary is real weird because... They kind of don't like each other a little bit, I get the sense. Yeah, there's a lot of like there, weird it, little snipes. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, so imagine. It's antagonistic. So we know from the art book that season four was a rough one for them, right? Right. Yes. When do they record the commentaries? Before they start working on season five. Yes. Yeah. So they're probably pretty pissed just from the general work environment at that time. Like, I'm curious if it sounds like they get friendlier once the season production cycle starts to slow down for the next few. Yeah, it, it's a it's it's hard to tell mm-hmm. exactly like what what's going on because usually they're pretty chummy, and they're still they're kind of laughing at each other, but they are kind of getting each other's goat. Yeah, in this uh, well, largely like it sounds to me like Jackson is genuinely tired and annoyed, mm-hmm. and Doc is making jokes that have a little bit of truth to them. Yeah, like Doc is joking about being upset when Jackson doesn't describe what happens in the episode, but he's also actually is a little bit really upset. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. And yeah. they also describe uh, Doc's weird apartment, which sounds horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he really loves it, but like the plumbing doesn't work. It's no. not like he hasn't had a light in his bathroom for years. Is this how, is this the in, inspiration for Dean's shitty studio? Yeah. They, they took, a little bit. They, yeah. They, they took reference photos. He describes it as a railroad apartment and. Uh, doesn't change his litter box. You don't deserve cats. That's <sighs> yeah. Up. Yeah. It's uh, it, like. <laughs> come it, on, dude. He, he did like uh, Jackson describes it as looking like uh, the quarry where uh, Fred Flintstone works. Flintstone works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is full of, full of clumps. Mm. Uh, and then there's. I don't like, like that. No. Yeah. Doc smokes in there all the time. He's like, yeah, it doesn't smell. And like, I believe him when he, because yeah. Jackson confirms it. Uh huh. Oh, really? You know? But the, yeah. he's a smoker too. <laughs> yeah. They both smoke. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I need a, I need an unbiased non nicotine source to confirm that. Yeah. I could probably smell it from here. Like, I'm very sensitive to that smell. <laughs> I, I, I don't uh, I don't trust them with that either. It's just it's real real weird detail. It sounds like a total shithole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just cheap. <laughs> well, so. he, he moved in after a woman died, and uh, he got a really yeah. good rate on it because they didn't renovate it. Uh, and there were like the, holes the, pounded in the walls with claw hammers and stuff. Yeah, the last thing she did before she died was pound holes in the wall with a claw hammer. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, or he in, said, or they might be those the relatives looking for grandma's treasure. <laughs> living in New York is a goddamn nightmare. I don't recommend doing it. Oh no, I, I would rather die. Like yeah. I, I can't imagine it. <laughs> like, I did it for uh, I did it for three months, and it, like I I still have horrors. It just had nightmares about that apartment. Yeah. Ugh. Um. Mm-hmm. The uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. Let's do. Uh, opens up with uh, with a montage. We have Phantom Limb uh, narrating all of the revenge that they have uh, 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 wreaked against the, uh, the the enemies of the Revenge Society. Anybody who had wronged them, up to and including killing uh, Doctor Mrs. the Monarch. <laughs> With uh, well placed sleeper agents, the Pupe Twins. Yeah, yeah. So foreshadowing those guys, you know, getting written off the show for being 
shitheads. Yeah. You know, they never really developed that story, but, you know, <laughs> it, it, this is, this foreshadows a lot. It foreshadows a lot of Gargantua 2 stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just like a, a lot of things they're, they're going to do eventually. Yeah. We could, we, we yeah. get girl, girl, uh, Hitler here, uh, being electrocuted mm-hmm. because she usurped, uh, Baron Underbite. Yeah. And uh, then we got the council uh, being wiped out one by one. And kind of the commonality is that like every uh, they're, they're using uh, impossible industries and all the subsidiaries to get at these folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, pretty fun. And he's just kind of laying it out for the crew mm-hmm. uh, for the revenge society. You know, it turns out uh, this is fake. Uh, Richard impossible interrupts him by saying, are we really, you know, are we stuck on that name, the Revenge Society? <laughs> what about the Violet Hour? It's T.S. Eliot, you know? <laughs> um, and uh, then Underbite actually uh, uh, has a pretty good one, the Purple Prose. <laughs> yeah. This Prose. scene is so good. Just reminds me of bands arguing about, oh, what is our sound? Should I use a reverb pedal? <laughs> Yeah, I found out uh, my girlfriend is listening to a D&D podcast where the characters play as dogs that has the perfect name, which is Fetch Quest. Oh, that's really good. Isn't that, yep. isn't that the like platonically perfect name for a D&D campaign of dogs? Oh, yeah, yeah that, that, that's fantastic. Beautiful. It, that's that's yeah. an award winning title. Yeah. Absolute bullseye, you know, 100%. <laughs> um, He's, you know, Lim says, you know, not so fast. We're not going to call ourselves the purple pros. You know, you still haven't proven your loyalty. And he's like, oh, no, I know how, how this works. He snaps uh, the uh, manservant's neck. Yeah. Uh, here. Yeah. Um, it turns it. out they just wanted him to, to sign a form. Yeah, I thought uh, it was a loyalty ritual. <laughs> I didn't even uh, recognize him as the manservant. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's manservant. Yeah. Uh, manservant. Uh, the, uh, and then the knock on the door Richard shoes everyone away, and it's Dean. Yes. Um, this is the uh, the big reveal, is that that's where Dean got his internship. Yep. Um, so he's working two jobs. He's not just uh, delivering pipe and hot coffee to his boss. Uh, he is also still writing the Venture Home News for all you Venturus out there. Mm-hmm. Dean V. <laughs> how, how much would either of you two uh, kill to get a lifetime subscription to the Venture Home News? <laughs> I, I don't know. Oh, just to know what's going on? Yeah. Especially <laughs> well, from Dean's perspective specifically? Exactly. Like, don't you want to get the Dean's eye view? I would, kill two, so I would kill two men. Two. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would kill two bad men. You know. So yeah, I, mean, I have you know. to not know them. It has to be kind of like a slaughterhouse situation. Oh, right. like, yeah, like rope or something. Yeah. 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 Strangers on a train. <laughs> Uh, but uh, just uh, Dean is talking about his arrival in New York, uh, saying he arrived right as uh, right as Richard Impossible was firing everyone uh, when the company was taking its turn to being illegit, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> Richard had no idea that he hired uh, this uh, the, 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 this rival's uh, son, so he made him uh, an, an executive assistant, the only other employee at the company. Yep, he just he answers phones. Um, he does the coffee orders just the way they <laughs> likes it. Three different coffee orders. Uh, this is kind people. of like the last bastion of hope that Dean has that the world is innocent and naive. Yeah, because uh, it's really illustrating like his perspective versus like the reality of how he clearly has no idea what the fuck is going on. No, no. And it's hard. It's heartbreaking later because like the thing that disenchants him isn't so much that it's villains. It's like, I thought that I could get away from these assholes in costumes, but I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the Dean has a pretty consistent character arc Yeah, throughout the show. Um, he, they show his apartment, uh, this, this one room tenement under a bridge, uh, that is that Hank found him, uh, this, this rent controlled apartment where somebody died. Uh, the commentary, you know, they took reference photos from Doc's apartment. Um, it also really reminded me of the apartment in big. Yep. I was surprised <laughs> that was a direct reference. Cause this has big, big, big vibes. <laughs> Big, 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 big vibes. Yeah. Uh, but he spurses it up. Don't worry. He puts, he puts up, uh, uh, an inspirational poster that has a picture of a dolphin and the word encouragement on it. (laughs) (laughs) Just encouragement. (laughs) Uh, He has to make his own fun. Yeah. Uh, so he dresses up as Spider-Man and, and jumps on the bed and does the corner climb and stuff. Yeah. You could just walk around the streets of New York. Like, oh yeah. Just go walk. There's stuff. Gwen. (laughs) Dean would get eaten alive. He would, but... <laughs> Can you imagine Dean surviving? 
You walk around New York. You get on the subway and you never get off. (laughs) Not Dean. (laughs) You drown in piss. He's too pure for this world. Oh, man. Uh, He he doesn't have any money for food, so he eats K-rations that Sergeant Hatred sends him. Yeah. So so gross. I love uh, this little thing where he drops the, the, the... the can and then a thousand cockroaches run into it and then immediately run out of it unseen that's the best joke in the episode i love that it's disgusting (laughs) and this is where doc reveals that he just has cockroaches they're just less brave than this and i'm like man it's gross your apartment is so nasty it's it's just it's just a fact of life out there no, that's true but why do people live there i I, I agree i don't know (laughs) So the density is, is untenable and there are bugs everywhere <laughs> like the times i've been there it, it lived up to the cle- like it smelled like piss a lot mm-hmm. um, it sure is a lot of people yeah like yeah. a lot of them crammed into a, a real tiny space but i don't want to i don't want to live in a small town like where i grew up i'm gonna stick it to my mom and dad and i'm gonna go and move to a place where everybody's yeah. miserable including me yeah, the big city <laughs> where i have to work four jobs to, to share a studio with somebody yeah that's where i'm gonna live my dreams <laughs> um then rusty shows up he gets a knock on the door which is very surprising and it's rusty uh-huh uh, open up my boy the rats can smell the combos in my back <laughs> <laughs> then he drops like combos i used to eat those as a kid no oh, yeah. I, I don't i don't especially care for them they 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 they, 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 they just materialize in cars during road trips the pretzel ones are better than the yes bread yeah. ones but like the filling is never amazing yeah the, the, the cracker ones are gross because mm-hmm. they just melt in your mouth the pretzel ones have a little bit of salt to cut through the, it's a pretzel. The, it really is a pretzel. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's got that going for it. It's, it's, <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're, they're rough stuff, but I will eat a combo and I've eaten my more than my share of combos. I oh yeah. Kind of where I'm at. Yeah, like I'm not yeah. going to turn no. my nose up at a combo. I'm no, not that I'm, high class. I'm not cat. Gonna, oh my God. I'm not going to print the, I'm not going to pretend that I'm better than a combo, you know? Mm-mm, yeah. No. If, uh, if I'm better than a combo, it's the combo from Breaking Bad. <laughs> oh, God, the combo's a saint. Well, no, yeah, I mean not, not exactly a saint. He was, he was a, he was, a, he was, a, he was solid. Is what combo yeah, was. He fucked over his aunt pretty bad. Oh yeah, you're right. Um, Fuck him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, also, uh, Rusty drops uh, an obscure reference. This is the, uh, sometimes these work, but this one feels very Dennis Millery to me. Uh, a little he, bit when he when he when he looks at the at uh at rusty's or at dean's uh shitty apartment he says what are you waiting for jacob reese to take your picture that's uh, almost certainly a doc hammer line no it's well, uh, doc it, calls him out it does. Uh, Doc's really for him yeah yeah and i was like no it, it's just not in your wheelhouse no <laughs> if this if this had been some painter yeah like, you would have been fine with it yeah, and Jacob Reese is just a photographer, uh, famous in those circles for taking pictures of urban blight, you know, slums and such. Yeah, uh, he uh, Rusty reveals that he's here because Music Man made him bonkers for Broadway, <laughs> and he's going to stay for a week. Uh, Dean tries to push back about this, and he's just like, "No, no, no! If you need your own space, just put the tie on the door. This is my lucky tie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that Rusty didn't get laid in college. No, uh, the." Uh, you know, but he, he says you can put that on the door and <laughs> then just immediately makes himself at home. Yeah. Starts uh, saying, you starts, won't even know I'm here as he starts hanging up his clothes all over the apartment. And he right, has to sleep in the bathtub. Yeah. That's in the same room because New York's a nightmare. <laughs> just, just, just whips out a typewriter and is typing loudly as Dean is trying to sleep. Um, we get the overhead shot that shows the chalk outline of the previous occupants still on the floor. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very good. Uh, we we go back over to the Revenge Society, uh, and they've created a little commercial that advertises them as a, an alternative to the guild. Uh, so they are planning to operate outside the guild, which mm-hmm. is cool and interesting. Um, and Lim says, you know, we need to, we need to man up. We need to to recruit people because of Spalm, not the the shitty comic, but the five powers that a villain team needs: speed, power, air, water, or weather, or magic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and Underbite says, oh, how cool would it be if we had a fire guy because of the wall that, you know, they're just, we need an elemental in this. Richard's like, oh, now that you mention a fire guy, kind of a dangling thread uh, from before is like back in uh, uh, back in Ice Station Impossible. The the human torch equivalent yeah, was introduced. Yeah, Cody. Uh, it was introduced like, oh, when he when he comes in contact with oxygen, he catches fire. Uh, this is one of the most evil things I've seen on a show. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. show it's specifically. Also, it, it's also directly from Planescape Torment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah but funny. it's not your brother-in-law in <laughs> Planescape, is it? No, no. It's yeah. your student. Yeah. <laughs> power imbalance. You know, yeah. Very fair. <laughs> true. true. Mm. Wait, well, well, okay, let's talk about this. Is yeah. it more evil if it's a power imbalance? Or more evil if you're supposed to be unequal with this person? I think it's more evil if it's a power imbalance yeah. because I think family is fake. And and family in law is doubly fake. Like I, I have a sister in law for my first marriage, and it's like I don't I mean I, I guess mean, there's I, still a power imbalance because he's not on fire differently abled. Because he's he's yeah. he has a condition. Well, yeah. He has a condition which makes him constantly burn. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I I don't know. I think uh I think yeah. it's, it's pretty equally evil, I'd yeah. say. I don't know what I don't know what Cody's options are because being held in the oxygenless stasis that he was before didn't seem that great either. Like he's either got to be mm-hmm. unconscious or in agonizing pain. But what Richard does, which is keep him in a chamber, like a reactor chamber, so he can power all of Impossible Industries. That's fucking evil. And gloating that it makes your your tower one hundred percent green. A is a very fun joke about greenwashing. But B. <laughs> Like yeah. you, you cannot profit off of somebody's misery. Oh my God. This eternal misery of being on fire forever. <laughs> uh, if, I, lo- I love Cody. I uh, really I love they brought Cody back. Yeah. If I were a writer in the venture brothers room, which they didn't have. So, but if I were, I would have pitched that Cody should have, um, they should have mentioned that he had regenerative powers and he should have been constantly burning through his nerve endings until he didn't scream, and then Ooh. he was fine for a few hours until his nerves regenerated, and then he had to scream again. Oh, yeah. That's what I would have done. Then you could have had him in society, and he would just randomly scream during the middle of scenes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun scream. It's a real good scream. Oh, but, but Lim's like, oh, and you thought you couldn't be a villain. <laughs> like, even yeah. Lim is impressed at the bastardry of this classic uh professor impossible mm-hmm. the um so dean goes uh, he thinks rusty's gonna pick him up he goes to the uh the plaza outside rusty's there he's like no i brought lunch to you sit mm-hmm. down act natural uh doing this kind of skullduggery thing uh but really he wants him to make copies of his uh his script <laughs> his his broad broadway musical rust, rust. <laughs> yep. I, and I love how he has, you know, Rust by a musical by Rusty Venture and then in parentheses written in one night, which is like, mm-hmm. no, you don't advertise that. Come on. <laughs> uh, Richard stretches his ear down there and all he heard, you know, they, they find out Dr. Venture's there. They're freaked out. Uh, all they really heard, though, was that it was industrial espionage and something about Annie gets her gun. <laughs> um, so Phantom uh, Loom is like, OK, this is great. This is opportunity. Uh, he is the one common element all of our downfall. You know, he took out Underland. He took, you know, Pat took your wife and passed him off for sloppy seconds to his brother. <laughs> uh, this is our first assignment. We must kill him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they act very quickly. Like it, in the same scene, Rusty hails a cab, uh, deciding he's going to stay a couple of extra weeks to try and find somebody who, you know, to play him and also negging his son's acting skills. Uh, which yeah, is. Yeah, I love this. <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah. You'd think awful. that. A villain as smart as Phantom Limb would have noticed by now that Rusty has some sort of protagonist syndrome about him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and seems to get out of these things, no matter how well thought out a plan is. But Yeah. yeah. You, you would think that they would step up their A-game, as opposed to this logistical nightmare of poor planning that they put together, having Baron Underbite drive up in this cab uh, with the knockout gas emitter at the front. Uh, and not even a Squid Game uh, gas mask on Baron Underbite to keep him from getting knocked out. I, I would also argue that Rusty's being a little bit harsh on Dean's acting abilities, given we've seen him perform in Lady Windermere's Lover or we Lady have? Windermere's Fan. I don't know. The reviews I've heard was that it was the worst <laughs> version of Lady Windermere's Fan. <laughs> yeah. uh, I tried to have the birds and the bees talk with Dean. There he goes. Oh, Lady Windermere's Fan. Yeah. Uh, I love that line. It's it's super good. Uh, <laughs> Rusty gets in the 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 cab where Underbite is the driver, uh, and the uh, 
the touchscreen comes on, you know, the doors lock him in. The touchscreen goes on to b- deliver the uh, villain speech, but he can't hear it because his eyes are closed and he has earplugs in, uh, <laughs> earbuds in. So Richard activates the knockout gas, which comes into the uh, the driver's side yeah. only, yeah. knocking R- out underbite. R- Rust- Rusty had closed the divider, and so the car mm-hmm. goes out of control until it is stopped by uh, uh, your friendly neighborhood brown widow. Yes. Uh, we, we talked about it a little bit before, but the anatomically cl- correct... Spider-Man is great. Uh, the little like spinnerets that are right above his butt <laughs> and runs he has to make to use them. Uh-huh. Uh, it's really gross and really now, good. I'm probably, I think this is actually in Black Brown Widow's second appearance, but there's a point where his hair moves and you find out mm-hmm. he has six extra eyes up on his forehead. Yeah. You see so that, here. Reveal that here, uh, yeah. but they, they do talk about in the commentary because Doc's like, I'd love to write for him. And uh, Jackson's like, just remember he has extra eyes on his forehead that are hidden by his hair. Yeah. So they yep. planned this early, but they never show it. Yeah. And also his mutation, like he, he, he's not as old as he looks. He looks like he's in his late forties, but because of, because of the mutation, he's aging more quickly. Yeah. <laughs> the opposite problem of the comic Spider-Man where, he, uh, so there's a piece of trivia. Uh, Peter David was asked once, how does Spider-Man have two jobs and be a superhero? Cause this was during the, Early 2000s, where Spider-Man had, like, four different ongoing titles at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, And Peter David replied that we never said that the Marvel Universe had only 24 hours in the day. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) Airbud rules. (laughs) 48-hour a day, where everybody works, like, four jobs. Um, Eight hours rest, 40 hours, you know, 32 hours labor, eight hours what you will. (laughs) the uh, sweet so crashes here and he's doing Spider-Man shtick. Yeah. You know, he's like, be sure to tip your driver. And Rusty's like, you fucking maniac. I almost died. <laughs> Which is where people need to do that to Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably my favorite deconstruction of Spider-Man. It's like, you're not a comedian. <laughs> yeah, like, who's going to be, who's giggling here? Yeah. yeah. There are stakes. Like planet Hulk just came down and killed a lot of people, man. <laughs> Stop making jokes for a second. Um, <laughs> Have some goddamn respect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, um, I love this. Uh, you know, so they're going through and they're doing the uh, uh, the post game mm-hmm. on how it went. You know, and Fandalim is giving impossible shit about why he did it, and he's just like, I don't, I've never done this before. And I love Fandalim's like, okay, let's focus on the pros. <laughs> Underbite made a passable cabbie <laughs> up until you cast him. Uh, you know, very good. Yeah. Uh, and but Dean walks in at this point. Yeah. He was running late for meeting his fries. Yeah, and he thinks that Underbite and Phantom Limb are here to attack his boss. Uh, so he uh, pull, pulls out a whistle and a uh, and a telescoping baton uh, and starts trying to subdue them, which is pretty brave he on his part. Out the Revenge Society, he does like almost. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, um, the uh, the Phantom Limb shocks him. You know, it's like, oh, you just killed the Venture Boy. Uh, not really. We cut to past the commercial, and Dean wakes up in the Impasa car with Richard. Uh, with Richard explaining his uh, his fake cover story, yes, uh, that uh, you know these the, these poor fellows they 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 uh, uh, have done they they have served their time, but nobody will hire them. Uh, and does that sound like the America you live in, Dean? No, no, that's mm-hmm. exactly the America we live in. Uh, but that <laughs> want to live in. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, but that's why Richard has started the Impasa Care Second Chance Hiring Initiative. <laughs> <laughs> to uh to, re- to rehabilitate them yeah it's very good uh and promotes him to human resources so he can do the next little audition scene drops him off where he gets uh beamed in the head by rusty who had heard a, he had fought a prowler with his typewriter <laughs> earlier horrid yeah, we can get the the rusty and typewriter versus prowler scene <laughs> Um, and now we get to uh, the, just the the the, the wonderful uh, centerpiece of this uh, of this mm-hmm. episode for me, uh, the auditions, which is just a chance uh, for them to go back to the old notebooks from the Tick uh, for the unused and ideas there, and uh, just have these little one joke, one scene wonder kind of guys. Uh, yeah. Did you guys? Uh, did you folks notice that Curse was cheating on the triad by showing up here? No, I didn't. Uh, Curse is in this group, mm, huh? But did Curse? But was Curse? But I thought Curse uh, failed his audition. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like so, I don't think he has an arch technically, and I, and I'm sure maybe he's pissed off at the guild. Yeah, that, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know what? 
ask and answer. You got me, Gwen. Yeah. <laughs> that was no. a test, and you passed. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. It was Torrid who got the gig, and yeah. uh, you yeah. know they were talking about how they needed a fire type, and Curse answered the call. Yeah, it all, yeah. it's all flat circle, Gary. Uh, let me show you the show called True Detective. You'll understand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Now there's this place called Carcosa. <laughs> uh, th- this audition scene is super fun to me. In the commentary, they're kind of down on it. Like Jackson at one point, he's like, oh, we have like three montages in the show. They're all great, though. Yeah, th- this is amazing. This is one of the best yeah. scenes in the show. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love this stuff. Uh, so we get uh, Mr. Polygamy, <laughs> along with Mrs. Polygamy, Mrs. Polygamy, Mrs. Polygamy, and Mrs. Polygamy. Four arms and four wives. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, and of course there's a little j- joke, uh, about, uh, Mormons. Yeah. Uh, cause I said, what exactly does magic underwear do? Yeah. Um, I, I was like 35 before I learned about Mormons and magic underwear. Oh yeah. Like the reference. It was pretty amazing. Hmm. You know, there's so much going on there that the magic yeah. underwear, it takes a second to really comp- comprehend that magic underwear yeah. Is even on the list. The, I felt like it had to have been fake when I'd heard references to it before, and yeah. then realized, like, I dated an ex-Mormon, mm-hmm. and she's like, "No, no, this is all real. Let me explain the stuff to you." I'm yeah, like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. Like, it, like it, they, they don't, don't call it magic underwear. No, they get we really call it magic underwear. They get re- really offended when you call them that. Actually, yeah, <laughs> they're, called, they're called like the vestments or something like that. Yeah, temple garments. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, but it's magic underwear. <laughs> and the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the next character, he says Chuck Locke. His name is uh, Giant Indian. Yeah, uh, yeah. Is the name of this character. There we go. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it's referencing Apache Chief from the Super Friends, who is a pretty ridiculous character. Yeah. So good. Um, I just yeah. like that he's faking it. Just, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to trick y'all. Y'all aren't that observant, right? Didn't you see it? I just grew like two or three inches. Um, you uh, saw it? <laughs> Yeah, uh, oh, I kind of did. I, <laughs> I yeah, think so. Yeah. <laughs> Richard is trying to make lemonade out of the lemons here. Uh, Richard Apache- is an optimist. I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah. Ap- Apache Chief. Uh, the, 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 he was the client and the uh, the pilot for Harvey Birdman. He was the first mm-hmm. case uh, in a parody of the McDonald's uh, hot coffee case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, the character who one of the two characters who actually joins uh, here is Fat Chance. <laughs> Um, who is uh, kind of looks like the blob, but he's more like uh, the, the spot. Yeah, I was about to say, he's, he's really close to spot. Yeah. Uh, he's, uh, you know, he's, before you make your weight remarks, it was, a, it was the subject of an experiment. I got this portal through different dimensions in my duodenum. Uh, and he can just pull, he has a hole in his stomach, he can just pull <laughs> random objects out yeah. from. The fact that it says duodenum is, is really gross to me. He's reaching mm-hmm. into the first six inches of a small intestine. <laughs> through, <laughs> he's, he's got, he's got a portal on the front of him. Like, uh, like they have at those, uh, cows at, uh, at like animal husband, husband, uh, uh, like agriculture schools, you know, mm-hmm. where you can just reach in and feel the organs and stuff. Yeah, no, Wait, he's, the he's, first six inches of his small intestine. First six inches of a small intestine, yeah. Which is after you've already absorbed all the nutrients out of food, right? No, no, that's where the majority of nutrients are absorbed. Oh, so like he's not getting, he's malnourished. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, it's, it's, it's being sent <laughs> to alternate dimensions every time. Just, yeah. just, yeah, you have all these alternate dimensions just receiving little boluses every, uh, every couple of hours. Oh God! Think about the food that just ends up down in like the later parts of the intestine. Oh no! Yeah, Yeah. pretty dark. Yeah. Uh, And then one of those like pun things that I think is so perfect. Mm -hmm. Yes, Lady Hack Johnson and Mr. Lyndon B. Is a reference to Lady, you know, Linda B. Johnson and uh, Lady Hawk Johnson and Lady the movie Bird. Lady Hawk. Yeah. Lady Bird Johnson. Lady Bird, uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but a reference to the movie Lady Hawk, which is a really weird fucking movie. <laughs> I've never seen it. Um, but it's so, it's like so clever together. Mm-hmm. And then the callback later because they recruited. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they're in the Revenge Society. Um, it just, it's so good. Yeah. So uh, the, the line, uh, by night, I'm a bird and by day he's a bee and never the twain shall meet. Like that's, I repeat, never the twain shall meet because of this. Oh, always. Yeah. <laughs> this and, lives and, in my head. And, and I love how she says, she says, she's just so cheery, except during, during the eclipse, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah. is like the like that's the Hawkman uh, under underneathness of all this too, because there was some at some point there was like Hawkman Hawkwoman can't be in the same timeline at the same. It's no. Hawkman's a fucking mess. I don't know if y'all know that. 
Yeah, I I I, uh, I didn't read him on account of it being Hawkman. <laughs> yes. so I, I was like, this is lame. <laughs> no, you know, Gary, you're not a life. DC person. You're a Marvel person. Yeah. And if you ever yeah. read DC, one of the things you have to accept is that sometimes the continuity is just a fucking mess. Well, it's not even the continuity. Like I have the same problem you with know. Hawkman that I do with with uh, Hamilton. Like it, you know, that's a rap musical about the founding fathers. Therefore, he's disqualifying no matter how good it is. <laughs> right, right. Hawkman looks right. like Hawkman and right. is Hawkman. <laughs> That's too stupid for me. What's a Marvel character you can never read because it's too stupid? Oh, boy. I, Is I there one? A, no, maybe not. There are ones I don't like, but nothing that's too stupid. But mm. DC has too stupid. All right. <laughs> yeah, All right. I get it. <laughs> the hot people, man. I, I can't get into a race of bird people it, it, through DC or Metroid. Like, well, if it just like in, people, you know, I'm done. In, in certain continuities, they're aliens who are bird cops. Eh, you don't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, no thanks. And then you get mad at Mar- <laughs> Martian Manhunter. I, I'm good. I, I don't know. The Martian Manhunter represents the Earth element, and I don't understand. That feels like it's against the rules. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm so glad that the creators of the show are into Marvel stuff and not DC shit, because would, I would have a totally different relationship with it. If like when they meet the Avengers, they were all based on you know the Justice League. Like they played, like they already did. Like their Justice League was a joke. It was the action news team. Like, I, I do like the action news team. It's like like the, when they do DC characters, they do it in a way that is kind of poking fun at the stiffness of it. Generally, yeah, it's a, it's a little less direct as well. Yeah, you know, like Ghost Robot isn't a, you know, uh, isn't a, a Justice League guy. It's kind of like Green Lantern, but not really. <laughs> yeah, maybe I can I can kind of see a little bit. Okay, I'm back. What did I miss? Uh, nothing. DC <laughs> Comics. <laughs> so Scare Bear is a Care Bear pun. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. I, just, I didn't mean to shit on your guys' conversation. I just, I, I realized, <laughs> I, I realized that I was not acknowledging it wasn't because we were offended. <laughs> um, the, the origin of Scare Bear is great. Uh, because it's just Jackson running into a, a stock photo of a man in a bear suit standing in an office and being creeped out by it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, and then Brick Frog, which I thought was a thing other than Jackson's just childhood, but it was one of his friends. Yeah, uh, just made up this character when he was a kid. Yeah, they, they, they had a they, they had a frog costume from uh, from a play, and uh, they, they they used it when they were playing superheroes, and they needed a concept for it, so he just picked up a brick and said, "I'm Brick Frog." <laughs> okay, that's wonderful. That, knowing that that's a childhood thing, that uh-huh. is wonderful. It's got huge kid logic. Yeah, well, but, but like here, I love it. It's great because we see him and it's just like super lame, and he and all he does is just say "brick frog." And then next, <laughs> there's a frog that Spider-Man fights as well, hmm. but I cannot remember uh, who that frog is. So, it might just be Frogman. No, uh, and then later they're like, "Oh, we have one more interview." Uh, you know, uh, the Linda, this man, gentleman has been waiting since, since dusk and it's the second half of the, uh, the Lyndon B. Lady Hawk uh, interview. And I love, it's Lyndon B. Johnson. I love that the, the Lady Hawk is holding a, uh, post-it note in her beak that says when we need milk, I'll mm-hmm. be sure to get this. Cause yeah, that's how they would have to communicate, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Very cute. <laughs> uh, so Dean returns home after this very long day of doing auditions and he hears his dad inside the apartment, sees a tie on the doorknob. So he's very upset. Uh, he walks in thinking, you know, maybe he's going to interrupt some, some tie on the doorknob stuff. But in fact, Rusty is just roller skating around the apartment. Uh, it's in the most popular play in Germany is Starlight Express, which is an Andrew Lloyd Webber play about a magical train. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all the uh, the actors wear roller skates. Yeah, surely there's like a roller skate rink you could go around and do in New York, right? One hundred percent. No, that would cost I mean, money. Though. These floorboards are not warped by like <laughs> urine and blood. I mean, that's the other <laughs> yeah. thing. Like, those aren't going to be. You, you're not going to have a flat surface in that fucking apartment. Mm-hmm. No, it's going to be mm-hmm. real, real rough on your on your ankles. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, Dean's super mad because he moved the furniture around to give him a stage and he blocked the, the bathroom and I need to use the toilet. <laughs> uh, and, and Russ is like, number one, use the tub. That's what I do. And, and that's where Dean's been sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so pretty rough. Nightmares. Nightmares. We get a cutaway. Uh, so <laughs> Dean made the classic mistake. He uh, he made the copies of the script for Rusty to distribute, but he left the original in the tray, uh, the original Rust script. Uh, Underbite has found it, 
and uh, mm-hmm. uh, all of them like, oh gosh, you're gonna have to check this out. Big threat level midnight energy to that. Yeah, very funny to me. Uh, I wanted more of them goofing on the script. Yeah, the uh, the, the the time desk from Community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that certainly uh, was in the original draft, and they had to cut it. Oh, yeah, I imagine so. <laughs> Uh, Rusty's working on the music on his little $15 thrift store keyboard here. And Dean has to goes out on the deck to get some air. Uh, and Bron widow comes down. I love this. Where he's just like, uh, you know, are you okay, young man? And he's like, well, I can't really talk about it. And he's like, I understand if you can't speak bleak twice, I can rescue you. Uh, which is a, a good joke that came before the days of like being in the airport and seeing signs about child trafficking everywhere. Yeah. Like this pre-taken world where this kind of thing was funny as opposed to it being uh, not only a real life tragedy, but also something co-opted by QAnon assholes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a, yeah. just shitty all around. Just <laughs> blink twice if he's your pimp. Like, yeah. <laughs> and they, you know, Dean, Dean starts kind of commiserating. You know, he says like, oh my gosh, talking about the, you just, I thought this internship would be different. You know, I'm up at Impossible Industries and it's not as good as Broadway Widow thinks it, you know, thinks it is. Like he's not going to be able to write his own ticket. He's not even doing any super science stuff, you know? Yeah. And Brown Windows is like, you know, I was in the super science game too, super science game too, doing my radioactive spider thesis. And you think he's going to give him this heart to heart, but he gets distracted by the music <laughs> leading into like one of my favorite scenes in this and also a trope mm-hmm. uh, that I really love. Um, this reminds me of Nightman from uh, <laughs> It's Always Sunny. Like anytime somebody's writing a song and they're doing something very amateurish mm-hmm. and then the other person in the scene is like, oh, I like that. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> there. And it's it's really good because it, it's Rusty's really just kind of fumbling around. Like I really like where they end up. Mm-hmm. Like the chord changes in the song are really interesting, and like this is a cool song. But it's still just him just kind of hitting a Casio and someone being like, "Ooh, oh, like, what's what this going on there?" He says, "What is this? <laughs> the, the, what is that enchanting music?" <laughs> it's it, it's very cute. Uh, Dean tries to uh, stand up to his dad while Brown Widow and Rusty sing their amazing song. Yeah. With lyrics uh, about like hiding in barrels from mummies and stuff. It's just like just literally just a transcription of what things that happened in the Rusty Venture show. So that, that was the draft was that. But when you listen to the lyrics, they don't talk about that stuff at all. They're just like metal fingers. They linger mm. with, with evil mothers, not brothers. Like it's just nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's nothing about mummies. There's nothing about barrels. It's just I think that's what they were goofing around on. Mm. The actual result of it has no no such reference. Yeah. It's way weirder and like it's like the the butter glider song mm. where the rhymes just happen because they rhyme. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Rusty has found his Rusty. Uh and Brown Widow has perfect spider pitch <laughs> as well. So um he can he can do the job. You know, yeah, he deserves it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love the, to see Rusty. Yeah. Uh the 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 uh the, the phone rings. There's a communal payphone out in the hallway. Um, and, uh, uh, Rusty goes to answer it. It's fat chance pretending to be Frank big time from big time productions saying, Oh, I found mm-hmm. your script. You want to call you in for a meeting, uh, right away if you can. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Dean, uh, you know, goes back to work as well to write a, uh, letter of resignation. And uh, it's interrupted when Richard cuts the power so they can do this dramatic entrance and they can all say like every draft of a villain line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, to venture uh it's very good like you're gonna escape fat chance <laughs> you know all that stuff and then that's when you see that they they recruited lyndon b yeah. to revenge society which he just steps up i just this is this is so good you shall not seek and i shall and i will not accept your nice escape fantastic <laughs> Like what? A, what Lyndon B. Johnson trope are you really going to call besides that? <laughs> well, you you could make a reference to the phone call that he makes to the tailor talking about leaving enough room for his ball sack in the pants. <laughs> <laughs> now, now my waistline fluctuates by about mm, twelve inches in a month. <laughs> a little bit too tight on the bunghole. Oh, go! I just I love that. I love that recording so much. <laughs> Uh, they converge, you know, they think they're going to kill uh, Dr. Venture, but uh, Fat Chance trips over Phantom Limb's invisible leg and falls on him, sending Rusty into the Enigma hole. <laughs> um, Dean goes down to check the power, which, he, you know, he just goes to the circuit breaker thinking it'll just be normal, but sees Cody uh, mm-hmm. trapped in there. Uh, and he lets him out. He's very well-meaning, you know, our, our sweet Dean. Yeah, yeah. Um, Cody is screaming, setting the entire top floor on fire. And Dean is chasing him with an extinguisher and also a fireman's helmet that he that he found. 
<laughs> with home it says fire marshal written in handwriting yeah <laughs> uh he made it himself it's very cute and he's like fire please exit in an orderly manner um mm-hmm. it's it's i love dean just you know being the proctor yeah big hall monitor energy (laughs) and uh uh the episode ends with the script for rust being burned up uh and then we get the credits played played over uh and unfortunately not full like this is not a full length uh, there's no full length version of this but a uh, a dance version of the i'm rusty song Mm -hmm. which i would i would love a full version uh, then we get our post credits, which actually wraps up the episode. This feels like a Doc Hammer episode until it actually gets its its resolution mm-hmm. here, uh, where the, you know we see the scene from the last episode. Dean comes in, you know, my super science career went up in smoke, but I may have grabbed my dreams from the ashes. And then the portal opens with Rusty. Previously, he just stood there and there was a question mark, and that was it. Uh, but this time, he pops through and he pulls our real Doctor Venture out, mm-hmm. uh, who, who t- attempted to take his place. You're the this dimension, right? <laughs> Tell the untalented Mister Ripley here that he can't just hit me with a brick and take over just because I have more hair, money, and status than he does. <laughs> and, it, and it hit musical on Broadway. And yep, fine. I don't even like your dimension anyway. It's an asshole dimension. How do you like that? <laughs> I liked the uh, <clears throat> dismissal uh, Alt Rusty gave Dean, uh, like, Daddy, if only you'd be so lucky, mm-hmm. I think was the line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or yeah. But Jesus Christ. Just, just nothing but contempt. Well, it's, like he doesn't want to—he doesn't want to know the dean that this rusty raised. I'm no. sure it's a shit dean compared to his dean. <laughs> yeah, his. He, he also—you don't want an extra dean. That's the thing. Like, you yeah. don't want 19 extra deans. Mm-hmm. No, one dean at a time. That's what you want. <laughs> uh, real cute, cute ending to me. I like the way it puts everything together. They really wisely in the uh, the commentary they talk about how like. They could do more stuff with this other dimension, but they didn't because their version of it is just having this kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, which I like a lot. Like, yeah, that just there's an implied good dimension, but it's not Rick and fucking Morty. Right. You know, we're not going to we're not going to get into uh, all the different multi, you know, ventures. It's very um, galactic inquisitor in the end, because like that we don't that needs no follow up. It doesn't. Yeah. It can just nope. exist within the universe, and it makes sense. Yeah. Let it yeah. be there. Let it be tantalizing if you want more. Yeah. Uh, the next episode we're covering is the, has one of the Doc Hammeriest endings that I've ever seen. Uh, they don't even show any of the stuff that ends the conflict happening. <laughs> just fast forwards through the climactic action oh, to gosh. just be like, oh, it's over now. Thank God we got through that. Uh, but that is for next episode. Uh, Gwen... Do we have any final thoughts before we uh, we move on? I love this show, this podcast, and this cartoon. Thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're a big part of it. It wouldn't would not be the same without your support and help. Yeah, um, this. Uh, uh, I don't know that I have anything in addition to what I've already said about this episode. It's it's a delight. Mm-hmm. It's it's setting up stuff I like for the future. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not pull. It's not fully like done in one. You know, it, it's all this stuff is going to matter. And it's my favorite uh, Phantom Limb stuff in a long time. Yeah, yeah. Like this is Phantom Limb finding his home among these weirdos. And then I, I like him more yeah. as opposed to what feels like a kind of ultra competent pet character. Yeah. In some of the other appearances. Just he did. Like, like he, he was too successful before. Like he needs to be a failure to fit in with the rest of the show. Um, yeah. And be and, and be interesting as a result of that. Yeah. And previously, it always felt a little bit like they're having it both ways. Mm-hmm. Like he was, uh, you know, a maniac and he was uh, clearly not mentally well, like he had lost his mind, but he always still just won. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and that was really strange. Yeah, so. it, it was it was hard to tell, like he was a foil for the monarch, but he was also existing as a foil for the guild itself. I don't know. Um, this is th- this is a good place for him to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so, too. No. Uh, Gwen, where can people find you online? All right. So last few times I was here, I talked about getting a music business set up. I failed. Instead, what happened is I started a band. And that's happening pretty hard right now. If you, by the time this comes out, you can find our first single on Spotify or wherever you listen to music, blah, blah, blah. It's on Bandcamp, too. Easiest place to look us up is Instagram. We are called Trash Sound Conglomerate. And I play bass, and I write a bunch of the stuff. Cool, um, nice. 
I don't know. I like. I'm not sure what the audience is. For people <laughs> listening to this show to be into the kind of weirdo punk music that we make. I can't say it sounds like the theme song to the show, but I still <laughs> did them both. Um, so uh, I guess the last thought is if you guys, if anyone's on the West Coast, we're gonna be just we're around. We're mostly in the Seattle area for right now, but Portland cannot be too far away. Nice, nice. Yeah, uh, keep it. Keep an eye out. Mm-hmm. And people listen to this also listen to music. You know, I, I, hope, I, so. I hope that people listen to podcasts. Don't just listen to podcast theme songs. Like, weirdos <laughs> won't. like say like someone has just like a mix CD of podcast theme songs in their car <laughs> that they put on all the time. Oh, no. And it's just like, oh, right. It's the fucking uh, it's the goddamn long winters again. Great. Love this song. Nothing Here, is here's... possibly problematic about the guy in this band. <laughs> here's the uh, the original version of the Retronaut song. A rare B-side now. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, they they listen to normal music. Yeah, I hope tra- trash sound and, conglomerate. Yeah, check it out. And if you just and, want to uh, talk to me, I'm on the Slack. That is all. Yeah, indeed. Uh, if you want to support the show in general, you go to Patreon.com/slash/DuckFeedTV. Get episodes a week early, and get a bunch of bonus shows. Um, yeah, that's and then writings and reviews on Apple Podcasts, or Podcast Addict, or telling your uh, your venture friends. Yeah, your venturinos. Yeah. Uh, and uh, until next time, go, go to the adventure. adventure.